I read comics, show number 37. Another show. So this show is done with a co-host, this time David Arroyo from Comic Makers. I've been on his show a number of times, and now he did me a favor and came on my show. We've got some really fun reviews of some animation. So I'm going to do all the upfront stuff first and then just play our little duet because it came out really good. So a couple things up front. Um, As you probably heard, because it was everywhere on the internet, Leah Hernandez's house burned down, and... She lost just about everything. Um, Fortunately, she and her family got out, but they did lose some of their pets, and she lost just about everything else, including a lot of her art and her art supplies. So I will put up the link on my site. Um, If you can afford to give her any money at all, that would be just the swellest thing ever, because she really needs it. She did such a great interview here on my show, and and she's been in comics for so long. I know that Gail Simone posted a a great thing to a number of sites asking if people could please try to help her out. So I am making that same plea. Please help out if you can, even if it's just a little bit. I think anything would help at this point. And mostly this is done through PayPal, so if you have a PayPal account, that's easy. If you don't have a PayPal account, you probably should get one. It's really handy to have. So that's a really good thing to do. Everybody, go and do it. Um... This weekend, I this past weekend, I went to a Star Trek convention, so I was totally geeking out, and it was really, really, really fun. But the weirdest part about it was that I went with um, Jungle Kitty, who's my co-host on our Star Trek show called Look at His Butt. And we went to a Star Trek convention, and the local newspaper ended up doing a story about the party in our room <laughs> on Saturday night. Which amuses me no end. So I'll put in a link to it. It's just a it's a really funny article about the Trek convention, but the part about our room party is really pretty funny. And I thought the reporter did an excellent job of reporting accurately what happened at the party, including some quotes from me that she got, um, which amazed me because she was drinking as much as everybody else was, and yet she turned in a great article. So that was just funny. Um, the next show will have a bunch of reviews because I've got so much stuff, and I wanted to say that I went to Comic Relief and picked up a few things the other day, which is great. And how much do I love Comic Relief, the only comic book store that matters on Shattuck Avenue in Berkeley. Go there. And, you know, it came to my attention that um, in the various comic book shop boards, somebody said that Comic Relief was not a place where you could go and read, that they chased you out. That's so not true. You can read there for hours and hours. I mean, you can't pull up a chair and camp out, but you can stand there and read anything you want to for as long as you want to, and the staff will not chase you out. So whoever said that is a fucking liar, because it's not true. So yeah, go to Comic Relief if you want to hang around and read for a while. It's a great place to do that. And um, what I picked up while I was there was the new Conan uh, trade paperback, which is awesome, incredibly awesome, and I will talk about that in depth later on, but oh, it's good, man, it's good, Um, and I also got um, the new issue of Luba's Comics and Stories, which is one of the Love and Rockets spinoffs, and oh my god, it's amazing, and just blew my mind, I'm still trying to process all of the information that was packed into it, but 
man, is that good. And I also got um, a Barry Windsor Smith book, Opus 2. So I am just surrounded by amazingly good stuff right now. And it makes me so very, very happy. So let's see. Shop at Comic Relief, always important. Go over to the Journal of the Lincoln Heights Literary Society, LHLS, my sponsor, and read some wonderful far-out reviews because it's always a good thing. Um, Go get some of Ginger Mayerson's music. I'm going to play maybe a little clip from the Street of Crocodile stuff at the end of the show again because I'm going to play it all so that you can hear how good it is. And don't forget about the Women Comic Podcasters grant. Um, The deadline has some time, so please submit something. If you're a woman and you think you'd like to try doing a podcast, let us know and we'll help you get started with it. Because we'd like to see more women doing comics podcasts. There's me and there's Birds of Geek, and that's it as far as I know. But there should be more, and it's up to you. You, the listening audience, I'm telling you that you should get into podcasting. Because, you know, two two women podcasting comics is lonely. Get out here. Get in the party. Have some fun. And now I present um, a lot of goofiness about cartoons from me and the wonderfully... Um, articulate and ultra-suave David Arroyo. segment of the show where I have another guest host, my good friend, David Arroyo, who does the Comic it's Maker Podcast. It's me! Yay. And yeah. we're, we're here together through the miracle of Skype and broadband, so we're yeah. very happy about that. I hope I sound okay. You sound great, as always. Okay. So um, what we're going to talk about is another, I, so I, I don't, on the next podcast that comes out, which is one that hasn't been posted yet, I was um, reviewing some other things, and I'm starting to call everything that you've sent me the David mm-hmm. Arroyo stash because awesome. it's, it's so big, all of this it stuff. It is pretty big. There's a bunch of stuff. So, so these are three more items from the stash, the infamous stash, um, yes, that you yes. so kindly sent me, and I was just the one so that took to two postal them. workers to drag out of the freaking <laughs> U.S. Postal Service room. Um, this was great, and and I actually watched all these three things while I was on vacation, and it was really fun to just kind of kick back with a pina colada and watch these things. So, I hope you had a good time, Bahamas. By the way, I'll I forgive did. you that didn't. I, for, I forgive you that didn't pick Puerto Rico over the Bahamas. Well, you sure. know, I, I, let me tell you, I was I was on a boat. It was a cruise, so I didn't really oh, have a choice okay. about where it went because I was I went okay. with a friend of mine, and she picked out the whole thing. So it was just oh. like I was along for the ride. Um, okay. But but this was extremely fun to sit in my my little cabin and watch these things. So um, we have three things to talk about, and I think um, let's talk about the movie last. So let's talk about um, Justice League Unlimited first, and okay. then we're going to talk about Challenge of the Super Friends, and lastly we'll talk about the Ultimate Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. So the first one is um, the Justice League Unlimited, and this is um, three episodes from season three. And this particular disc is called Saving the World. And yeah. I think it was released in 2001. And the three episodes that are on here are um, Initiation, Hawk and Dove, and Kid Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, um, I – now I have to tell you that I never watched Justice League regularly like I watched it a couple of times. So this uh-huh. is the first time I ever sat down and, like, watched episodes through all the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. So that was cool. So, I mean, you watched, you've watched more of this than I have. So why don't you tell me about, like, how this – because I know the series changed a little bit over time. Yeah, yeah. What happened was they started the series out as this really big show where one episode would, would take up two episodes. So essentially one story storyline would take up two episodes. And then they kind of realized that they were kind of – they had fun up doing it, but they kind of realized they had some flaws while they were doing it. And then the second season – Got a bit more intense, very dark. I really liked it a lot. And uh, by that point, uh, I think Cartoon Network had said, "Listen, you know, we want you to cut down the episodes to like half an hour, if you could do that." And so, uh, by that point, they decided to like take the show. They wanted to keep the show still fresh, but to condense it more. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they just decided to, you know, instead of like making an episode where they, where they had to introduce every freaking super superhero or supervillain <laughs> in this universe, they decided to like say. say Fuck it, we'll just put them all in, you know. And uh, so that's why you'll see different episodes with different characters. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and I've, I'm going to say right now that I think that Warner Bros. has, like, they're such a big brother company because only Warner Bros. could sell a $20 DVD with just three half-hour episodes. Yeah, no kidding. I was a little surprised when I popped it in there because I figured there would be at least six episodes. Yeah. Because it's a cartoon, yeah. you know? It's half exactly. an hour per episode. It's not like they have seven different commentary tracks or something on it. It's yeah, cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 but I, sometimes I, I used to buy the DVDs, and I can't afford them now anymore, but I used to buy DVDs of the Just League Seasons, which I have some of them here. Um, and I've always been kind of upset that they, they, they don't do commentaries on all the episodes. Mm-hmm. It's straight. Which I'm kind of going like, well, I mean, uh, you get a lot of episodes. It's cool and all, but I, I wanted to hear more of the background, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, like I was saying, <coughs> Warner Brothers, you know, sells twenty bucks, man, with three episodes only. But um, essentially, that's what resulted with the Justice League Unlimited mm-hmm. uh, show, which they changed the name to, from Justice League to Justice League Unlimited, and now that's the show that, that was on. It just ended recently, okay. uh, I think, last year. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's good. So these three episodes. Um, are, were selected, I think, to focus on different sets of characters. So the mm-hmm. initiation episode is all about Green Arrow and yeah. how he comes to be there. And, I mean, for a cartoon, um, it's yeah. pretty true to the Green Arrow persona of him being um, not quite a team player and wanting to do things on his own and yeah. not wanting to fight monsters, right? He's more interested in stopping crime on the streets than he is going up into space and fighting well, aliens. I mean, you know, he says it. He says it himself. I mean, you know, he's a guy with a bow and arrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I really love, I really, I have to say, I really love the, the guy who played the voice of him. Um, he, I think he captured the character pretty well, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. The other voices, like the Batman voice and the Superman voice are a little generic. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't find them particularly compelling. The guy who does, um, John Johns, the, um, mm-hmm. he, you know who he, I don't know if you know any of the names in the roster. Yeah, I know. But... He's the guy from 24. Yeah, and, he, from and 24, yeah. he was a guy who's been around on TV for a long time. He used to be mm-hmm. on Cagney and Lacey. He was one of the cops on Cagney and Lacey. Yeah, yeah. And he was also... Oh, I'm sorry. He, I'm sorry. Alias. Alias is an alias, oh, not 24. Um, My bad. And he was also in um, a very short-lived science fiction series where he played a disabled Mantis. guy. Got, yeah, Mantis! Yeah, it was Mantis. Yes. He was yes, great yes, Mantis. And I was like, yeah. Carl Lumley. Oh, my God. Doing a voice. So that was cool. I was so happy to see that. Well, the guy from the guy who plays Batman, um, he really got to show his shot, his you know, his talent in the Batman show. And this one, you know, he's kind of relegated to be the he's relegated to be the guy in the background. Mm-hmm. So there's not really you, can't, you don't really see his range as much as yeah. usually. 
Yeah. And uh, the woman who does Wonder Woman, you know, she's fine. I don't think they gave her a whole lot to do in that. In that. I thought that was a pretty bad episode myself. I really didn't care for the Hawk and Dove episode because I didn't think their, their powers weren't really established too well. I mean, I never really got to, I, really, yeah. I never really understood what they exactly did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a big Hawk and Dove fan because I, I used to read the Hawk and Dove comics when it, not the original one with Steve Dicko, mm-hmm. but the, the later version, the girl and the guy mm-hmm. uh, and stuff. And um, I got to tell you, uh, I thought they kind of dropped the ball on that. I mean, the whole thing was pretty much about, I I think the whole, when I was reading about it, the whole thing was kind of spun around about how it's Fred Savage and the guy who plays his brother <laughs> in one of the years. It's going to be a cool episode. Yay. Yeah. And I'm kind of watching him going, eh. yeah. Although I did like the bad guy who is, this British guy who's been in every oh, freaking Michael yeah. York. I, as soon Michael as I York, heard his voice, yes. I was like, "Oh my god!" So first of all, a they decided the character he plays is Ares, the god of war. So mm-hmm. first of all, Ares is a gay British guy. Exactly. <laughs> and they have Michael York doing it, and it's so funny because he's made a career now out of doing mm-hmm. these sort of effeminate villains. And yes. you know, he used to be more of a serious actor, but now his whole stock in trade is doing voices for slightly gay villains. So I, I find that very amusing. <coughs> Mhm, mhm, mhm. Um, and but with that episode, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, I, I don't know if it's the animation or something like that. But Hawk and Dove, their powers is Hawk is chaos and Dove mm-hmm. is order. And that, you know, if you throw a stone at at, at at Dove, Dove will hit it at the exact right spot to hit it because he knows the order of everything. And essentially, Hawk is the wild card. Um, but they never really showed that in the cartoons. Yeah. I was kind of upset about that. Yeah, you know, I, um, I, I'm a big fan of the original Hawk and Dove because I love the art by Steve Ditko so much. And because mm-hmm. it's a Ditko comic, it's a little weird. And, um, you know, Hawk and Dove started out more or less being a metaphor for, um, like, the Vietnam War and the mm-hmm. sides that people were falling on, that there were people who believed that force was the right way and people who believed that peace was the right way. And when you mm-hmm. read those original comics, it's really strong. You know, the way that they interact and the way that they both try to solve problems is way more political than it grew to be, I think, in later comics. Yeah, yeah. And the third episode was about them turning to kids. Yeah. Which was kind of fun. Yeah, it was, it was cute. You know, there, there were some good yeah. things. And the way they're drawn as kids, though, their heads are way too big for their bodies. They look like bobbleheads. Yeah, heads. It's, the an- it's the anime style. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. very, very anime. Um, I have to say, I was really disappointed with the fact that even though Supergirl is in that initiation episode, mm-hmm. her first line immediately pegs her as stupid which I thought did her a great disservice. Now, I understand that yeah. with their character, they're trying to make her sort of this hot-headed, um, young, powerful, but not quite mature yet. Mm-hmm. But to, to give people context for it, in this episode, Initiation, um, the JLA has to go fight um, this robot monster thing that's in um, Chung Mei. And yeah. it's supposed to be in a place where it's so classified and nobody can go there, but they decide to do it anyway because they see all this radiation coming up. So, Essentially, it's like China. Yeah, it's supposed to be in a part yeah. of communist China that nobody can go to. And yeah. so they assemble to go, and um, they're getting briefed by Green Lantern, John Stewart Green Lantern, which is cool. And um, he's saying, and we have to go to Chiang Mai, and Supergirl says, is that anywhere near Daytona Beach? Like, yeah, come yeah. on, that's such a cheap yeah. shot. It, it's just such, it's a throwaway line, but why do they have to make that her first line in that episode? Well, I have two points here. Um, number one is, when will people stop, you know, believing in that a giant fucking robot is the best weapon you can actually, <laughs> you know. I agree. 
Uh, I mean, it's such a cliche, and everybody knows. Seriously, where the fuck do you keep a giant fucking robot when you're not using it, you know? Not only a giant robot, a giant flaming robot. Yeah, full of radiation, yeah. Gee, I, you know, it's like, if I'm the scientist making that, do, do I, while I'm making it, am I going like, well, I hope this doesn't go bad on us, you know? Yeah, I mean, every time everybody makes a giant fucking robot, it never goes bad for them, really? you know? Really, and of course, the only thing that stops it from being, you know, totally malicious and killing people is that it has these rods inserted into this tiny little opening on the front of it. Yes, It's like, shouldn't yes, you exactly. have made it just a little bit easier to stop yeah, it from it's, murdering it's like, people? Yeah, it's like, it's like that, that, that robot chicken sketch I sent you. Yeah. Where the emperor goes... I mean, I just want you to fucking, you know, protect the, uh, 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 a thermal exhaust port. It's, no, you know, it's like two inches wide, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, the, that's my first point. And second point is, well, I mean, if you look back at the, at the Supergirl character from the animated series, um, she was portrayed as a hothead. If you see the original episode where she came out in Superman, um, she is a bit – she's not exactly the brightest bulb in the galaxy, but then um, – but, you know, she's smart and dumb at the same time, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. uh, which I liked with how they portrayed her in the first episode. And this one, it was more like, I'm the valley girl, and I'm like, exactly. you know, it's my own thing, and blah, blah, you know. And I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I just think they could have they could have showed it better. They didn't have to do actually, a shot like that. Actually, Lena, I hope that you, you keep watching some episodes because there's was one episode with Supergirl, and it's a legion. And you're just oh, cool. a freak with that one. Yeah, it's well, really, really, really good. I think they made up for that for that little flaw there. You just saw, don't, don't you know? You don't make up with it. Don't make up for it okay. in, in that episode. So uh, well, I, I I think we talked about this before too, but I'm totally excited for the Legion cartoon that's starting really soon. Oh yeah, I yeah, wait for yeah. That to um, um, I, yeah. I have to say mm-hmm. one more thing about that first mm-hmm. episode <clears throat> initiation. The best part for me was right at the end when they show Green Arrow in a towel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. was cool. Very, very cool. It's like, oh, look, he's naked and he's wearing a towel. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I could tell you how many episodes of Justice League Unlimited I really loved. It. My favorite episode really up to now is uh, a Booster Gold episode where it was just about Booster Gold. And, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, Rose, uh, Rosenstein and Gold, Goldenstein are dead or something like that. Oh, right, um, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like that where, like, yeah, Wordstein and Goldust. I don't know. I probably the, the guys from Shakespeare. The guys from Hamlet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, um, the episode that I saw, my, my favorite episode is one where Booster Gold and uh, Booster Gold is pretty much trying to get publicity for himself, but he keeps being regular. Uh, he keeps being assigned to cleanup duty and crowd control, while like there's a big war going on. So there's this big war going on, you know, in the background, and it's all it's all about Booster Gold, you know, trying to get attention for himself and trying to deal with the fact, and it's really good. So if you if you guys ever see it or if you can download, it, you know, I recommend it completely. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. uh, okay. So uh, are we are we set with that one? Or I think so. Go... So that was good. I, I really enjoyed seeing them, and I think I definitely want to watch more of them. And it was nice to see it on a disc, like without the commercials. Um, mm-hmm. And the extras on this particular DVD were really lame. So there yeah. was just a. Yeah. Um, there was what's it called, like the Watt, the JLA Watchtower, which just oh, has I little hate biographies. Those things, yeah. There, there was um, a, like a Tom and Jerry <laughs> um, trailer cartoon, and then there were a couple of bonus cartoons that were like um, tryout things that they had shown on Cartoon Network that weren't especially good. So I don't know. I mean, kind of lame. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. It's I feel sorry from for the next generation's cartoons because. It just seems to be more anime, anime. I mean, mm-hmm. when the when when they announced they're going to make an anime version of the, of the Warner Brothers cartoons, Bugs Bunny and stuff like that, I was just like, oh no! But yeah, 
they did it. So I don't know. Hopefully, there'll still be people making Teen Titans and Legion and I you hope know, so. just League cartoons. So I hope so. Great. Um, you know, they're going to be showing that Teen Titans cartoon on uh, Cartoon Network pretty soon. I saw a commercial for it the other day. So oh, you should definitely watch it. It's so good. I love that. Yeah. I was so excited to see it at Comic Con. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the next one is um, Challenge of the Super Friends. And um, this disc came out pretty recently, although, of course, the series was on in 1978. And mm-hmm. this particular Super Friends disc is like um, – because that series was a subset of the Super Friends TV show. The, the, for pe- this is for people who don't know, right? So Challenge of the Super Friends was uh, a particular series in which they pitted the Legion of Doom against um, pretty much the JLA. But they weren't calling it the JLA, except they did that in a couple of episodes. And they, yeah. um, I was reading a little bit of background, and they said that they felt calling it JLA was not a good idea because they thought it was too um, kind of American jingoistic. And they wanted something yeah. much more kid-friendly, so they called it Super Friends to make it Yes, because good. kids can't actually, you know figure things out by yeah themselves. yeah so so challenge of the super friends this has four episodes on it and the four are um giants of doom trial of the super friends secret origins of the super friends and monolith of evil mm-hmm. so i felt mm-hmm. like you got your money's worth for this for sure yeah you really got a lot of episodes with that yeah, yeah. Um, so a couple of things that I noticed right off now, I haven't seen Super Friends in forever, right? Since it was probably yeah. on originally and I had forgotten so much stuff about it. Um, first thing was the voice of, uh, Robin is done by mm-hmm. Casey Kasem. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. So I, was, I kept, I kept, I, had, I kept like thinking to me, like any minute I was going to go. And now we have a long distance dedication here coming to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was kind of that and then getting sort of shaggy flashbacks at the same time. Yeah. But yeah. the funny thing is, I think Casey Kasem was actually trying to sound like Burt Ward. He was. He was. It, it was, was it was not bad, but still you're going, That's Casey Kasem. It's hard mm-hmm. not to not to feel that. Um and then the voice of Brainiac was done by Ted Cassidy, who played Lurch on the Adams family. Holy He's crap. a very distinctive low voice. He was also in a Star Trek episode, too. But I was like, oh, that's got to be him. So that was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> and then I looked up a lot of the other voice actors, and there wasn't anybody particularly well, famous. Although I'm sorry, Lena, but wasn't he also in a Twilight Zone episode? He was in a Twilight Zone episode. He did yes, a lot of TV. The Serve Man. The Serve Man, yes. yes. Okay. He, he okay, did sorry. an awful lot of TV stuff. And I didn't know he did voices for cartoons. Most of the other voices were done by people who were just like regular voice actors at that time who did all the Hanna-Barbera cartoons that were mm-hmm. on. Um, and the guy who does Solomon Grundy's voice is, is nobody that you would know the name of. But I love the voice for that. Oh, because yeah. He, sounds like he a, talks like a southern accent. <laughs> he, yeah. he sounds like a televangelist cross, <laughs> cross with like Mojo Nixon or somebody. And, of course, yeah. he always refers to himself in the third person with that weird hillbilly accent. It's so yeah. funny. Solomon Grundy's don't feel like going out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was just great. Um, and also the way they've drawn some of the characters, I thought um, Lex Luthor in most of – in these episodes in particular looks a lot like Jean-Luc Picard. I'm it's just, true. I'm just it saying. It is true. That's yes, what he yes, it looks does. like that and he dresses like that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking through my little notes here. What else did I say? Oh, so – I'm not sure if they did this for the other Super Friends or whether it was just Challenge of the Super Friends, but they created a couple of characters who had not appeared in DC Comics previously. Yes, there was uh, the and of course they were this they were the they the were PC minorities. Friends. Yes, yes, exactly. 
So yes. there was Black Vulcan, who was a black guy, and Apache yeah. Chief, who was a Native American guy. Who could grow really large. Yeah, yes. that was good power. Very excited. <laughs> and yeah. uh, the the samurai, who was the the stereotype like Pan Asian guy. Yes. Really yes. sure if he was Japanese or Chinese. And there was actually a Latino guy. Actually, there was. Oh, so he wasn't in any of these episodes. No, he wasn't. No, he only came out like in two episodes, I think. Because <sighs> you know, of course, Latinos can't be in too many episodes. <laughs> You know, because they think that we're taking their jobs, and suddenly it's like, you know, Super Friends put him out. Yeah, he's probably cleaning toilets somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> so the thing about Black Vulcan that I don't get, is his name Black Vulcan because he's black? Or is is the black just part of his name, like Red Arrow or Green Lantern? Or, like, no, oh, my God. Um, well, <laughs> I think there was actually a joke done by this. I think there was a joke. It was a cartoon joke where... Black Vulcan was bitching about that, how, like, you know, he was saying, like, <laughs> you know, excuse me, like, why do I have to be Black Vulcan? Like, why, why can't you be White Fish? Exactly. You know, <laughs> you know? Um, well, I mean, uh, from what I read, um, he was, I don't know, if, I, I, I think he was supposed to be Black Lightning, but I think that the creator of Black Lightning didn't want want, want uh, his character to, be, character to be used, so huh, okay. they changed it to Black Lightning. Yeah, they changed, like, it's a black Vulcan, so black lightning. Because he essentially has the same power. He's an electrical guy, mm-hmm, you know, he's yeah. black, you know. So, um, I guess that's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> um, I just, it was just very weird seeing because I'd forgotten him as a character. And he comes on as no, like, what I, what I, what, Yeah, what I want to know, what I want to know is uh, when the super, when the Wonder Woman get psychic powers? Because she can call the lasso with her, with her, with her, with her. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about it. She can call the, she can call the, the plane. jet by, yeah, the yeah. plane, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, and she, um, in the one episode where she has to face a robot version of herself, she also controls the robot through telepathy. Yes. Yeah, yes. she mind controls it. Yes, so I, yes. that's impressive. And, you know, and also the villains are pretty stupid because, I mean, <laughs> they go back in time and they figure out this, the secret origins of, mm-hmm. of, of, these super, of these superheroes. But they never, like, think, maybe we should figure out the secret identities, too. I mean, that'd be interesting. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That could be useful. <laughs> I have to say though that I like that episode a lot because that was a very good episode. They went back and they, you know, they they did the origin stories pretty much the way they should have been done, and they were very accurate and and you know historically, I say in the context of the DC universe, and it was really neat to see them actually take the time to do it when they could have easily just made something up that was real stupid, but they didn't. Yeah. It's just that I love time travel stories so much that like, I don't know. I mean, if if even if you, if you take out Superman. Wonder Woman and who else? And the Green Lantern out of the picture. There's not going to be a Justice League. I mean, just think of <laughs> Superman. Period. There's not going to be a Justice League. You know. I know. What it's, the hell? It's crazy. You know? And then for them in the present to be able to figure out that something got changed in the past, and then go back in the past to correct the past, and then yeah. still have it come out the same in the present. It's like impossible. Oh uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, my ears start to bleed right there. It's like yeah. a Mobius strip. It just doesn't work. Exactly. Um, so let's see. I'm looking at my notes. A couple other things. Oh, I noticed that um, Hawkman is in it, and although he doesn't get mm-hmm. a lot to do, and he's wearing his Hawkman medallion. And in yeah. this particular style of drawing, it looks exactly like the Thundercat symbol. So there's something going on there that I'm mm. not quite sure what it is. Um, there was also something really weird in one of the episodes where um, uh, it's not supposed to be New York, but it is New York because you can clearly see the skyline. And you yeah. can see the Twin Towers, 
And yeah. the Legion of Doom, like, they bend one of the Twin Towers till it almost falls. And it was really creepy yeah, seeing that. Yeah, it's kind of like, creepy oh, seeing that. Yeah. yeah. So that, that yeah. just made me, like, all, gave me shivers. It was not good. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I happened to me recently. I bought, um, I, I went to a, a, the village and I bought some 50 Cents comics and I got the entire series of Damage Control. So I really love Damage Control. And the first issue has to deal with a robot who, who literally falls on top of the Twin Towers. Oh. Yeah, and you're kind of going, oh, God. And, and the whole issue is about how they had to fix the, the Twin Towers in the first issue. And I'm like, oh, God, this is just not, this is just wrong. This is just wrong, you know. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, so, also, um, there was also the episode where they actually had to go through the lava as well, right? That oh, one? that's right. So, the, the monolith of evil. Um, yeah. Right. So they had to go to um, the center of the earth, essentially. And, and we find out in that episode that the center of the earth is, in fact, hollow and has mm-hmm. little lava trails that are going through it. And uh, and you can breathe. And you yeah, can breathe. Right. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, there's a monolith there that is supposed to be evil. And the Legion of Doom tricks the super friends into, like, getting it out of the center of the earth so that they can rule over everything. And w- yeah. when they're in the center of the earth, um, the monolith creates a monster out of lava that looks remarkably like the Balrog from Lord of the Rings. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, I gotta tell you, it took me a while to figure out who the hell that Jester guy was, and it was trying to be Toy Man. <laughs> Toy Man, yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I for life for the life of me, it took me like three hours to go. Like, who the fuck is this guy <laughs> who has all these corny lines and keeps like talking? And I finally figured out it's a Toy Man. Oh, okay. It is a really weird lineup of villains, and and you were saying before that they're kind of stupid. Any Legion of Doom that has Bizarro as one of their members is pretty yeah. stupid. Right. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and you know, the funny thing is, he's the one who has the idea about um, <laughs> going back in time, right? It's like, yeah, oh, exactly. It's, yeah, it's really. Strange. And you know, how how dumb are you if you can if you have to if you have to take advice from Bizarro of all people? <laughs> you know, Bizarro says that I think we should dress up as cats. Yeah. Why well, does make this that? Well, that makes no no sense whatsoever. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. You Let's know. just see what happens. Let's just do it. <laughs> and then, of course, at the end of every episode, um, despite the fact that they're imprisoned or tied up or whatever, yeah, they always get away. They always yeah. get away. Lex presses a button back on the the flying skull thing. That's their their Legion of Doom, the Hall of you, the Legion of Doom, and they no, escape. The end. Uh, I, I, you'd think like that while they were still in while while the heroes were actually in the actual Doom headquarters, uh, when you know when they figured out that the, that the history had been altered, maybe like the, I don't know, plant plant a tracer, uh, check their files for plans. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, it doesn't really matter. No, they just they don't plan ahead like that. Yeah. Um, but it was really, really fun. And um, there were some interesting things on here. Um, they had interviews on this disc with uh, the guy who was the story editor for Super yeah. Friends. And he talked a little bit about trying to follow up with the actual DC comics and um, make it as true to the comics as they could for a kid series. So that was kind of nice. I was glad that they talked to him. What a, yeah, I mean, yeah. It got me thinking, though, like, what a job to have, right? In 1978, and you want to work in television, and your job is to be story editor for the Super Friends cartoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, also, it could have gone so... What, what surprised me about it was, like, it still it still held up today, you know? Yeah. Like, I I, I really thought I, I put it in, and, like, He-Man, like, when I bought the He-Man DVDs, 
my reaction would be, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> you know. But I put it in, I'm going, hey, this is pretty fucking cool. It's yeah. corny, yeah, but it's really it's really freaking cool, you know. It is, it um, totally is. It could have gone so wrong. I mean, you know, back then they had to make everything like so PC and so nice and friendly and and you know, and then of course they would totally offend people by, you know, doing the most, you know, racist and stupid <laughs> things on cartoons. Um, I still remember you folks. Um um uh, but yeah, but they did a really good job. You know, I really thought it was really, it was re- they're really lucky that they had people that actually, you know, liked the comics and believed mm-hmm. in comics. You know, because yeah. it could have gone like the Incredible Hulk, where, you know, the guy wanted. I actually, I, I don't know if you, I know, I know about this, Lena, but I actually read an interview with the with the producer from the Incredible Hulk. And I know it's completely off topic, but uh, <laughs> the guy that created, the guy who did the create the Incredible Hulk uh, TV show, first he backpedaled about the fucking. David Banner name. Of course, you know. I know. Yeah, because David was too too. Yeah. Bruce was too gay, so they had to go with a different name. Backpedaled on that was like, no, no. It's just uh, I just thought that the whole you know, Bruce Banner was two B's and wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> what? yeah. come on, you know. Uh, but he actually wanted to make the Incredible Hulk red instead of green. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And if it wasn't for Stan Lee, it probably would have gotten done. <sighs> yeah, he actually wanted it to be red instead of green. That's so ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, well, I, I liked watching the Super Friends a lot, and I, I was thinking um, it it was a really good tool at that time, I think, to get kids interested in those heroes who might not have bought comic books at that time, because, yeah. you know, in the late 70s, there were, I think, kids who, even though they were aware of Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman, they weren't really into the DC Universe, and this was a nice way to show um, what the heroes could do and how they worked together and that there was a JLA and um, it was, I think, a little. It was aimed at a younger audience, clearly, than the comics, the cartoons that are on today. You know, even uh, Justice League Unlimited isn't really aimed at like six or seven year olds. It's more aimed at maybe ten or twelve year olds because yeah. it is dark, as you were saying. There are some things that are pretty evil and dark, and it's very violent. And Super yeah. Friends is is much lighter. It's like DC light, and that's not a bad thing. I think that's actually really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, and also, I don't know. Um, that brings us to the, other, the the other topic is when kids watch these cartoons and they go to the comic store, what could they read? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I honestly, there's not many comic books I would I would give to kids right now. Like, I wouldn't give them any any of the Batman comics. No right way. Now. Um, maybe maybe the animated ones. Yeah, but then I don't know. Like, when the way I got into comics was, you know, my friend traded them with me, but I really got into them because I, I used to watch the teenage, the teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon, mm-hmm. and I bought the Archie comics. You know. And I got really into that, and then it's just kind of evolved from there. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're so – comics aren't ex- – I don't feel that comics are still are as accessible as when I was a kid, you know. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I mean, they do have series that are aimed at, at younger kids, like the Teen Titans Go series, which is yeah. built off the – the Teen Titans cartoon and not off the Teen Titans comic book. And it's clearly aimed at a younger audience. And I, I mean, I, I look at it when I go in the store, it's pretty good. You know, it's, it's a little, it's simpler. Like the plots are simpler and it follows pretty closely with what kids have learned to expect from the cartoon. And I think that's good, but I agree. I think too many comics are, are just not appropriate for younger kids. You know, I'm talking like seven or yeah. eight year olds. And and I still have the complaint that too many comics require way too much knowledge to just pick it up and start reading it. And that can be very or done, Or they're done specifically for the male repressed, yeah. sexual repressed mind, you know. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, come on, you know, I mean, uh, I don't know. 
I, I guess maybe it's because they're, you know, the, po- the popularity of, of, of TV shows like Oz and The Shield, where they're mm-hmm. more gritty and fucked up, translates more to comics. But I don't know. You know, I, I kind of miss, I don't know, I just kind of miss, you know, stories where I don't have to see torture. Yeah, you know? exactly. That'd be nice. Well, that's yeah. why I am just so digging reading all these um, Legion archives, because I remember mm-hmm. all these stories. I love these stories, and they're they're fun. They're wacky. They have some violence in them. I mean, you know, they're like punching robots and stuff, but they have happy endings, which I like, and they're just, they're the kind of superhero stuff that I really like and I think is totally appropriate for younger kids. Like, I would have no problem giving those Legion Archive books to a kid that was, you know, eight years old and saying, here, go have a blast with this. Well, I'll give you a great middle ground to Spirit, you know. That's, it's dark, but yet it's accessible, you know. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I mean, things can be dark without being, you know, horrible and depressing and something that rips your soul out, you know, there's a place for that too, but you can have some darkness and not have it be, you know, mind numbing in that way. Yeah. So speaking okay. of dark, let's talk about the ultimate Avengers movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Cause that's pretty damn dark. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, this was the one that came out, uh, last year, right? Yes. We, yes and then the, the disc just came out this year and then they've just released the, the second movie in the series. So yeah, um, regrettable. this, this is built off of the ultimate series. So mm-hmm. it's Avengers, but it's the new Avengers and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just different. The characters are, are different, even though they're yeah. the same characters. Um, it's mm-hmm. very anime, like huge, huge anime influence in this. Movie yeah. Big else. time. And yeah. it's got that kind of, um, curious mix of regular, uh, hand-drawn animation with some scenes in here that are clearly computer generated. CGI, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like that satellite. Yeah. Yeah. Like the satellite stuff. And some of the action sequences clearly were done by computer. So that, that's kind of interesting. Um, and the story is, you know, good versus evil. There's some backstory that it's helpful to know, but you don't have to know everything that happens um, mm-hmm. to understand what's going on in here. And there's a lot of stuff blown up, shit blown up all over the place. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely, yeah. Um, and and there, so there were a couple of things that I noticed about it. One was that, uh, so Bruce Banner is in here, and he's called Bruce. And yeah. um, he's definitely drawn to look like Willem Dafoe. Yeah, and I thought for a minute it actually was his voice, but it's not. It's a guy sort of doing Willem Dafoe. Yeah, um, the woman who does Black Widow is Olivia Diabo, who was also in Wonder Years. She played Fred Savage's older sister. Holy crap! <laughs> She does a lot of cartoon voices these days, and I had to check, and that was really her. Um, but crap. her Russian accent, she sort of talks like Chekhov from Star Trek, I thought. It's, yes, it's a really yes. hokey sort of Russian accent. She does comrade. Yeah, she talks exactly like that. Um, and then the other voices are, you know, they're okay. There wasn't anybody that I noticed specifically that was really good. Um, the The story here really focuses on Captain America. So he mm-hmm. is pretty much the centerpiece of it. And I thought that was fine. I didn't feel like... Um, the other characters weren't given enough attention. He is a good character to build this story around because yeah, he's interesting. Yeah. He has a lot of depth. Um, I thought mm-hmm. it was nice that they showed different facets of his personality. And um, the, the thing that happens, which is really interesting, is that he's put in charge of some of the other members of the Avengers. And they fuck up because they don't listen to him. Exactly. Yeah. And they get all kind of pissy and annoyed at the end. It's like, well, you know, why didn't this work? And you're to this and they're to that. And it's like, hey, you didn't listen to the guy who was in charge. And if you had done what he said, everything would have worked out. 
Exactly. And the only one that actually listened was Black Widow. Right. You know? Yeah, she's the That's only it. one. And and I yeah. thought it was it was kind of nice that they showed that, but it also worked really well with Captain America's character because he's an army guy. And mm-hmm. he he knows that in order for a team to work together, you have to listen to your commander and do what you're being told and not just, you know, go off because you think you need to do something. You know, this is a big problem I have when they pair up people romantically. So in this um, Ultimate Avengers, the Wasp and um, Giant Man, or Ant-Man as he's sometimes called, are married. And they have a slightly mm-hmm. antagonistic relationship. But why does this always happen when you have two people who have a relationship that one of them always disregards everything that they're supposed to be doing and said, I have to save them. They're hurt. <laughs> it's like, you can't do that. That's not the way it works. You can't yeah. just throw everything aside because there's this one person that you care about more than anybody else. It really bugs me when they do that. Yeah, and they always make the stupid mistakes of like, well, I think she's okay. And you go, no, no, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, she wasn't actually that hurt that badly, you know. I mean, no. Even Cap was going like, I'll just go to her right now. No, I have to do I it, have to you know. Her. Yeah, she's my wife. I have to make sure she's okay. And then everything falls apart because he leaves where he's supposed to be. Yeah. That was really frustrating. Um, I thought that the costumes for the women were really bad because their tits were just all over the place, especially the wasp's costume. What I thought thought the Black Widow was way more than the wasp. But the wasp's costume doesn't have like any straps or anything at the top of it. And and there's, uh-huh. like, nothing supporting her breasts, so I don't quite understand how that costume is staying on her in the first place. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, what I want to know is when, when, did, when did black leather and, and cleavage become the norm in Army military years? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. I know, I know. It's um, the, the choices of the costumes for some of them is, is a little off, you know. I, I... Those tights were so fucking tight, I could see everything <laughs> in that woman, you know. There were a lot of butt shots also of the women. They, they went to great lengths to show that off. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to mention, as far as costumes go, I actually liked the costumes in the X-Men movies, especially in X-Men 3, that they put mm-hmm. them all in the same costume, right? They were all wearing yeah. those kind of funky black leather things. And it's yeah. like, okay, that's great. They should all wear the same costume. Totally works for me. Nobody should mm-hmm. have something that's cut differently. Okay. Um, so then um, they have Thor. And I wanted to ask you now, I don't read the Ultimate Avengers stuff, but is this the way Thor is portrayed in the comic books? Um, yeah. Then with the cartoons, the cartoons a bit of a washed, a, a more lighter washed version of the Ultimates. In the Ultimate comic, Thor essentially, they think he's crazy. Uh, they don't believe that he's really Thor, the God of Thunder, because he apparently he's like a, he's kind of like a political activist. He has mm-hmm. like a, almost like a cult behind him, uh, where he leads a group of people and uh, into the Promised Land, and you know he fights for environmental causes and for Greenpeace and blah blah. And he essentially says that he's a guy who woke up one day he, and he knows he's Thor, and people and like you know everybody on the Ultimate team thinks that he's fucking crazy. Uh, and that's pretty much how Thor is in the comic books. In the in the cartoon, he's more you know they don't they never ha- they never question it. They never question if he's really Thor or if he's just making it up. You know, it's kind of go with it, like okay yeah you're Thor yeah right awesome you know, and he's more of a he is still political but not as political as he is in the comic books. I mean in the comics, the only reason why he came back to the, why he joined the Ultimates is because Bush promised him that he would you know uh, donate all this money to Greenpeace and he'd like fund more Greenpeace uh, 
activities and stuff like that. And he keeps like negotiating with Bush over, you know, uh, politics to be on the team. <laughs> Essentially, that's 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 how Thor is in the in the, in the Ultimates comics. Okay, um, so I'm kind of glad I'm not reading the Ultimates comics right now. <laughs> it doesn't sound like yeah, something yeah, I really he, want to read. Yeah, I mean, yeah, essentially, I mean, I mean, for me, it's like, I kind of find it cool to a certain level, because I think it's pretty cool that, you know, this guy's on a team, and they literally think he's crazy for saying he's actually Thor the God of Thunder. I thought that's, that's a pretty cool little concept. I do think they get a little bit too political sometimes, I think it's, it gets a little stupid, you know, um, but, you know, I don't know, I did the comic books, you know, I just, I tend to, like, you know, overlook the, you know, stupid parts, I guess. <laughs> um, so. Well, I thought that, um... Uh, so plot happens, there's bad guys, they have a big fight. Um, and then at the end, um, Bruce turns into the Hulk. And yeah, which is pretty which cool. Which is very I like cool. That. I have to say, I thought the Hulk stuff was really well done. I was really mm-hmm. pleased with the way they, they portrayed him, and he gets to help kill the Betty's, bad guys. Betty's a, yeah, yeah, Betty's actually portrayed better in the cartoon than the comic book. In the comic book, she's... I, I really don't like the way Mark Miller, you know, wrote her because she she's pretty much the girl who likes bad boys, you know, and she treats Bruce like crap, and she only like she only like pays attention to him after he becomes the Hulk because it's exciting for her, you know, sexually, and I thought that was kind of like, oh god. Yeah, yeah, they did one line in the cartoon that hinted at that, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't remember what it was, but I thought it was it was like a little off. And, yeah. and I just was like, what is that supposed to mean? So I get it now that you've explained it, why they, they do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, in, in the comic book, there's a scene where she's actually going out with Freddie Prince Jr. to make Bruce Banner jealous, you know. And at that point, the Hulk comes out. He's like, I want to eat Freddie Prince Jr., you know, for going out with, you know, Betty. And uh, and at that by that point, she was like already, she gets a little excited over Bruce because he's like this dangerous guy now, you know. And stuff. When I thought it was, I thought it was like a little retarded, a little too mature. To, you know, that's like something. That's like something a fourteen-year-old would write. Like girls really think this. You yeah, know. Yeah. You know, kind of like mentality, but whatever. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's weird. Um. So th- there's a battle at the end after the Hulk helps beat the bad guys, which is great. Yeah. And the, these alien yeah. ships explode. It's very exciting. I like that whole yeah. sequence a lot. He was very brutal. He I was. It was you. good. Um. Then he still is totally berserk, and the rest of the Avengers have to try to either beat him up or calm him down. And Which is nearly impossible. It's nearly impossible. And I was like, okay, so he goes up against Thor, and yeah. Thor gets his ass kicked immediately. It's like, what's up with that? He's Thor. Well, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest here. Let's be honest. He did have trouble picking up that hammer. So that was pretty cool that he had a little bit of trouble yeah, picking up the hammer. still, he's Thor. He's a god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that's a Marvel debate. I mean, you know, for eons, you know, we'll have you know people, de- you know, scholars debating, you know, whether Hulk is stronger than Thor. Okay. You know, well, in- personally, I always believed Hulk is st- stronger than Thor. Okay. I always, always believe that. Well, so. I I believe that if Thor really is a god, that no one can beat him because he's a god. I mean, that's kind of the definition of a god is that they're. But see, the <laughs> the matter Hulk gets, the stronger Hulk. Gets. I know, but so, he's a god. <laughs> he's omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipotent. He has all these powers. He's a god. Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll just learn to disagree on that. Okay. okay so, um, so that that was interesting, and then he calms down, and then everything happens. Okay. So I, I but, thought it was but, it was a good movie. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Well, before you before you like go on with this, I just want to say I thought that scene with, you know, Hulk almost you know breaking Giant Man's leg was pretty fucking cool. It was you know? cool, yeah. 
Yeah. I, so, I, all yeah. the Hulk stuff I thought was great. I was really, really yeah. pleased with the way they did that. Yeah. Um, now, the disc itself has a couple of special features at the end. And one of oh, them yeah. is a, a documentary of sorts called Avengers Assemble. And it's supposed to be the history of the Avengers. And I have it's to like say, your, yeah. it is one of the worst documentaries I have ever seen. It's terrible. Oh, my God. I fell asleep through that. I couldn't, I couldn't keep up. It, with, was, you know. it was boring. It was so confusing. I mean, the first, like, five minutes of it was actually pretty good because they talk about how the Avengers were created and why they decided to pair these certain characters. And then, yeah. you know, they, they replaced a couple because they wanted to highlight some of the other sort of second-string characters. And that was really interesting. And then mm-hmm. it just dissolved into all this stuff about, well, then they launched this line, and then they launched this line, and then they did this and that. And I was like, what yeah. are they talking about? I can't Yeah, it just, it. it just winds up being fanboys talking with each other, you know, and just sucking the life out of the room. And yeah. then, I mean, I hate to say this, but it turned into the George Perez show. And he spent yeah. more time yeah. talking about himself. Then I was like, Jesus, they couldn't have edited this a little bit because he doesn't come off very well at all. Every time they ask him a question, he answers with, you know, well, and then I did this and then I did this. And, you know, I created this and I had these ideas and I did this. And it was like, okay, do you talk about anything but yourself? Well, I mean, to be fair, when you have an interview going and then when you created the earth, what you then, Mr. Perez, you know, (laughs) You know, it tends to get in your head. So I, it's I, true. I, I, you know, I don't think Paris is a bad guy, and and I just think that unfortunately he comes off badly in this. I, I don't think it's a reflection Did of John him as a person. Did John Byrne come up in that or no? Did who? Did John Byrne show up in at a point at any um, point during that or no? You know, because I, I fell asleep right after George Perez. I just turned it off, so I didn't really see the whole thing. Um, yeah, I can't even remember because, like you, <laughs> it just it couldn't really hold my attention. And you know, I don't think I watched it to the end either. I just got so frustrated with it, I turned it off because it wasn't good. Um, but it was a good opportunity for them to actually explain about the Avengers, and and I thought they did such a shitty job. It was it was a real shame that they couldn't have done mm-hmm. a better job with that. And, yeah. you know, I, I like the Avengers. I used to read the Avengers way back when. Um, the other yeah. thing that bothered me, though, this this really, like, more than anything struck a chord was that um, they interviewed um, Joe Casada, And uh-huh. he actually said in one of the interviews, he's like, well, you know, it turned out that the Avengers was one of the most successful franchises that we had over at Marvel. It's like, yeah. dude, when you start talking about comic book characters as franchises, yeah. you've crossed over. And it, yeah. it just brought a lot of things home to me, the way that a lot of the people who are in charge at Marvel and DC don't really think of them as art anymore. They think of them as franchises. Well, I mean, when you see Joe, when I, <coughs> when I saw Joe Quesada on the, on the Colbert Report, you know, that to me was just, ugh, oh God, so bad. Um, and what pisses me off is nobody talks about it, right? Nobody mentions it. Nobody makes, nobody makes a big deal of like, well, gee, you know, Jerkasada was in the Colbert Report, essentially sucking his dick, you know, <laughs> on the air. You know, um, doesn't that, like, stru- struck you as, like, a little corny? To, like, And he comes off su- like such a fucking loser. I mean, let's be honest with you. Middle America, you know, America, people that read comp- people that don't read comic books, they don't give a shit about the Civil War, okay? We don't give a shit about the current big storyline that's going on in Marvel and DC mm-hmm. comic books. We don't give, they don't give a shit, okay? So stop bringing it up. You know, how about talking about how, you know, the characters have affected, you know, pop culture as a, yeah. as a whole, this as a whole. How about that? Instead of, like, talking about, well, you know, we're doing Civil War, 
and we think it's like bringing like really great issues. No, it isn't. It's a fucking gimmick. Okay. <laughs> Two years from now, you'll make another fucking you know uh-huh. st- major storyline. Well, it'll be like, oh, everything's gonna change. Blah blah. Nothing ever changes. It always goes back to the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's be honest here. You know, it, you know, save save those little speeches for like the fanboys, the comic book convention, the comic cons, you know, Wizard World, whatever. You know, but don't go on the air and talk and try to talk to middle America saying, by the way, you know, we have these comic books, you know, that, you know, they talk about, you know, society and blah, blah. First of all, A, people still think comics are for kids, you know, and you can't sell those comics for kids because they're too fucked up for kids. Second, they're not going to go read a fucking comic book because they won't understand what the fuck's going on mm-hmm, in that comic book. Exactly. Because it's too much of a backstory to read it, mm-hmm. you know. So you're wasting your time on the air right there, you know. Um... But, I mean, I don't know. Joe Quesada sometimes, you know, I, I think he has a good heart, but I just think that sometimes he has, like, the, just bad ideas. Like, you know, it's he's been, publicly, he's been publicly known for saying that he thinks that Mary Jane and Peter Parker are, are, are it's, like, the worst thing that happened mm-hmm. to him, to getting married. And I go, why? Why is that bad? That's great to me. You know, I love it that they're married. I wish they had a kid, you know. I don't want to see, I don't want to read stories about Peter Parker being single again, you know. I don't. I don't want that. You know, I I like it that he's married and he, and he has a, a relationship. Yeah. I think that's really fucking cool. Yeah, well, I, I it's an opportunity, I, and he doesn't see it exactly. as an opportunity. Obviously, exactly because he wants to go back to the way things were back when he was younger. That you know, Peter Parker was single, mm-hmm. because he thinks that you know, and I think a lot of people think this that like they think that, well, I mean, since we're writing comic books for essentially the averages, you know, single guys who can't get girls, we should make characters who are single and can't get girls. Because <laughs> But it, you know, and let's be honest with you. I don't want to. I, I think that's bad. I think you should write characters that are married and have good relationships because maybe that'll give them something to like you know shoot for. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Who knows? Maybe they'll move out of their mother's basements. Maybe they'll actually go out. Yeah. You know, little, little education. You know, exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, well, thank you for that rant. That was really good. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm I'm glad okay. to hear it. So, tell me about the the new Ultimate Avengers movie. What's up with that? Well, I don't know if you saw the preview. I did. Yeah, I watched uh, it. Yeah. Okay, first of all, when I saw that preview, my heart sank right there. Because I thought Black Panther had the worst fucking costume I've seen in my life. It's pretty bad. I agree with you. Uh, because he's a cross between Batman and Catman. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. It's pretty bad. I mean, I li- uh, why do you have to change it? He has a fucking cool co- costume in the comic books. I like that costume, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, okay, so essentially... It looks like, it, it looked to me in the preview like it was going to be the Avengers go visit um, Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. Essentially, it's kind of like that. Um, it's kind of a throwback. Um, okay, first of all, to people that are actually listening to this right now, <laughs> if you don't want me to spoil the Ultimate Avengers 2 movie, which I think I should because maybe it'll save you, I don't know, two hours of your life you actually could use for something, <laughs> uh, stop this right now. Uh, okay. Well, essentially, it's uh, a throw. You know, the, I don't know if you ever read comics in the '80s, but Marvel comics in the '80s, it used to be uh, essentially every fucking villain had to have adamantium. That was <laughs> oh, like right, their goal. Oh, right, 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 because they had invented it and they had to spread it around a little bit. Exactly. So adamantium was like the big thing that everybody had to have. It was always robots that you know, giant fucking robots full of adamantium. <laughs> you know, giant fucking robots. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, they had to have adamantium guns, adamantium claws, adamantium swords, adamantium rings, you know. Uh, well, essentially, it's a throwback to that because uh, Wakanda essentially makes vibranium. And now everybody wants fucking vibranium. And the aliens want to take over, over Wakanda because essentially 
uh, Wakanda is is essentially sitting on top of the biggest pile of vibranium mm. in the fucking um, I don't know universe of galaxy whatever you want to call so it. So vibranium is like a naturally occurring element. No, a meteor fell, and uh, the civilization was built over that meteor. Okay. All right. Uh, and yeah, and see what gets me is this. This is what gets me right. So they live in a society. That still uses fucking spears and arrows. Okay? And they dress in loincloths, and they're half-naked, and they use spears and fucking arrows, right? And the Avengers, you know, essentially they're a close society, so nobody can get in there, because they, they, they shun society, because they got fucked by the aliens. And uh, when, the, when the Avengers go to Wakanda to invade Wakanda to try to, you know, they get attacked by, the, by, by you know, black people with spears and arrows. You know, and for me, I don't know about you, but as a minority, that's not saying a good thing right there. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, and then when the aliens come to attack them, they have guns. They have these giant fucking guns in, like, the walls, right? But they still use fucking arrows and spears, you know? What what the fuck is that? Why couldn't they make some guns, you know? I don't know. That's That's really weird. That doesn't make any sense at all. Exactly. They have these guns, like... You know, like, they have these big panther heads. And the panther heads, just like fucking Thundercats, rise <laughs> up. Like, they rise up, and suddenly there's a gun underneath the, thund- the, 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 Thundercats, the, the Thundercats head, you know, and it starts shooting, you know, out. And, you know, and, but they still have fucking spears and arrows. And so they're shooting spears and arrows, plus those big giant guns are shooting. I don't know. Is it me? But maybe the guns are doing a better job than spears, <laughs> the spears and, and arrows. You know? I don't know. Um, and uh, also, the Black Panther, he can morph into a panther. Like half panther, half man. But they never fucking explain it. They never explain where the fuck the Black Panther came from. They just, just, they just pretty much say it's a thing that's been like handed down from generation to generation to generation. But they never fucking explain why he can turn into a fucking panther. You know? And that really pissed me off. Hmm. Whatever. And, it's, and, you know, the villains are the aliens. And, oh... One thing I got, I, I have to say this right now. The lead, the the big bad guy is this alien who was apparently uh, in the in uh, Nazi, working for the right. Nazis. So he was in the first movie too. Like you, exactly. you find that he was out. In the first movie. Captain America's nemesis, and he was the guy that he was trying to kill. Exactly. He's like he's like the red, the new Red Skull, I guess. Right. But he's never called. It, he's nothing turned into a skull. He's never well, whatever. But what gets me is you, he's dressed as a fucking Nazi and he has his red armband, but you never fucking see a swastika. Did they show swastikas in the first no, movie? No, no, they never show a fucking swastika. You know, That's they have the helmets. Yeah, I know. They I have, mean, they were dressed as yeah. Nazis. It's so funny that you mentioned that because I I didn't even realize that when I was watching it that they weren't actually called Nazis or had swastikas on them. Exactly, wow. exactly, exactly. That's and so and weird. the guy, yeah, and the guy, the guy's wearing a fucking red armband, and you never fucking see a swastika. And on top of that, I'm sorry, but if you're an alien. And you're working for the Nazis, and it's been 50 years. Don't you think you should stop wearing the fucking uniform? <laughs> maybe, I mean, is it just me? Maybe you know? he just likes it. Maybe it fits with his fashion sense or something. I don't know. He likes the boots. Yeah, know, you know, he's but... got a thing for boots, or he just likes uniforms. I don't know. Yeah, well, essentially, that's uh, that's that's the, the move. And, uh, and uh, also, the Hulk doesn't really come out too much, but he does come out like toward the end of the movie. So... And uh, he escapes, and... Uh, um, you know, 
So, well, he, doesn't, he doesn't fight or anything like that. Okay. So, so yeah. do the Avengers win in the end? Of course they win. Okay. Well, yeah. that's good. Does anybody die? <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Actually, somebody does die. Who the fuck died? I'm, I'm thinking. Because um, nobody died in the first movie. Yeah, somebody does die in this one. Just, not, Just tell me, because I'm never going to see it. So. <laughs> um. Oh, Giant Man dies. He dies, really? Yeah, he dies. Well, that's good, because he's kind of a giant jerk, so. Uh... Yeah, he dies. And, you know, and of course they have the stereotypical, uh, you don't understand me. I, you know, I don't care for you, my wife. You don't get me, because you don't support me. It's over, you know, and then, oh, my gosh, she's hurt. I love you. Come back. Let's be together, kind of like situation. Uh, so, and then, okay, so I, I want to yeah. just, I want to do a little, another little rant here, along with, um, the whole, like, I'm going to leave my post because my significant other is in danger thing, which I hate. I also mm-hmm. hate the fact that in the first movie, um, uh, they're supposed to uh, join S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Yeah. So they get, both of them get invited, Hank and Janet, and they do for a little while, but then um, something happens. I don't even remember which part of the movie this was, and Hank says, I don't want to do this anymore, and he leaves. And Janet has to leave because he doesn't want to. It's like... Why does she not get to be in the Avengers just because he doesn't want to be in the Avengers? Yeah, essentially they kind of follow that up. Yeah, know, so like thing. that that was just really bad. It's not explained. They don't even touch on it. It's just sort of accepted. Well, she's his wife, so of course if he doesn't want to do it, she can't do it either. Even though yeah. she's a superhero in her own right, and she was a superhero before she met and married him. Yeah. So that yeah. I just that was really bad, and you know if they had had any kind of explanation for it, it would have been good. But it's not. It just happens, and you're supposed to accept it and go on. Like that's the right thing to happen. Yeah. Also, um, um, Black Widow and Captain America hook up. I so. figured that because she kisses him at the end of the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, I don't really get that, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Seriously, I mean. It's just in the comics, I guess. I I do enjoy the the, the Ultimates Cap better than the cartoon Cap because mm-hmm. he's an ass, you know. <laughs> um, and you know he still has a 1940s mentality, and you know he likes hanging out with old people and stuff, <laughs> you know, people his own age. Well, not real, but people like you know his the age he looks like. Mm-hmm. So you know. So, um, but what do you think of the of the of the trade actually, Lena? Um, you know, I, I had to go through it pretty quickly because there was too much really complicated plot stuff in it that I couldn't follow. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, oh, I don't understand what's happening here. And then that whole subplot with, um, you know, Hank and his wife and finding out that he's like a serial abuser and all that was like, oh, yeah. oh yeah. I don't think I want to be reading about that in a comic book, you know. Like, yeah. it, it's it's not my thing in comics to see really horrible, painful situations portrayed yeah. like that and i was thinking a lot about this why it, i mean it doesn't bother me it's not like i look at it and go oh that shouldn't be in there i just look at it and go oh i don't want to read that so those yeah. that's like a different reaction yeah. but i i have issues with people who say that um you know comics should deal with real life and that there should be real life issues put into them and in some ways i disagree with that because part of the reason people like to read comic books is that they are an escape from real life, right? Mm-hmm. And there is so much real violence that happens 
and, you know, violence against women all the time. Women get abused all the time. I don't want to read it in a comic book because I read it in the newspaper every single day. It happens yeah. to women all around me. And if I want to escape into a comic book, I don't want to see that again. I want to read about a place where, you know, women don't put up with that shit or it doesn't happen to them or they get to control their own destiny. So I think, I think, that, I think what a lot of people forgot was if you take – for example, let's talk about the famous drugstore, the Stanley Lee and Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man, mm-hmm. right? I think what essentially people forget when they met, when they say, "Oh, it should, it should like reflect reality," is that I think I do agree it should re- affect reality, but I think it should teach yeah. instead of, for example, like the, like I said, the Amazing Spider-Man story where Harry takes drugs and almost kills himself, right? At the end, he realizes that he did something wrong, you know, because you know and. It's 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 pretty much telling you a moral tale of this is wrong. You shouldn't do this because you know blah blah blah. And maybe a lot of people think, oh well, that's too much GI Joe and like you know, and you know, no one has to battle kind of like crap. But you know, I think they should. You know, because I mean, if you just show me a woman being tortured or being raped or being whatever, being fucked up, whatever, and you say that's reflecting reality, that's not really reflecting no. reality because you don't show her going to therapy. You don't show her, you know. Uh, you know, uh, dealing with trauma, you don't show anything like that. You don't show her overcoming that, you know. Yeah. Because that's not interesting. Yeah. That's, that would take too much of time. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. And, and I just, I, I wasn't really happy with the way they dealt with that storyline. I mean, what happens to Hank? Um, Captain America beats the crap out of him. And Janet says, I'm And then Wasp gets, gets pissed off. She gets Captain, pissed yeah. off. But, but he doesn't, I mean, nothing happens to him. And, and Wasp, through the whole thing, is, is just saying to people, well, I don't want to talk fe- about it. I don't want to talk about it. And then we yeah. don't see well, any in, resolution for her. Well, in future issues, you do actually see some of it, but then it's like, ugh, you know. Well, I'll, I'll spoil it for you. Okay. Well, in future issues, you know, he gets like, ex- you know, kicked out of the Avengers for that shit, and you see him like be a loser, you know, hanging out with these loser, trying to like form his own super team, which is like, you know, losers and blah blah. <laughs> loser team. But the yeah, but uh, the, the defenders actually. Uh, <laughs> And but the the problem is that like then they sh- they keep showing Wasp is now dating Captain America, but she doesn't like Captain America because he's boring because he likes to hang out with old people because they don't have anything in common blah blah, and you know uh, which was kind of interesting but then, you know, um, so she Hank. But why is she Hank, dating him if he's boring? Well, because he's hot. <laughs> okay, so... I, don't, I don't know why he's I don't know I don't know why she's dating him but apparently. They develop like a relationship in between the arcs or whatever, okay. and uh, exactly you have to just go with it. Um, but here's the here's the thing that bugs me, right? So Hank keeps trying to like get back into like the good graces of the, of the Avengers or the Ultimates, as they're called, <laughs> uh, and uh, he invents these robots. Like it, it, it kind of like could be a hint of like you know uh, Vision and you know Ultron, whatever. Uh, but you know. She keeps talking to Hank over the phone, and they keep flirting with each other, right? And it's like she still has feelings for him, and she still, she still wants to be with him. And it's like pretty much implied she's going to go back with him, right? But how is – what does that say, you know? He beat the crap out of you. He, like, sent ants, like, to eat you alive. And you want to go back with him? What the fuck does that say, you know? What are you saying? And I'm sorry, but if you say – if people, you know, bitch at me for saying, like – Oh well, you know it happens in real life. Well, I know it happens in real fucking life, but a writer has a responsibility, you know, to his audience. And what are you saying to your audience that like women are stupid and they're gonna go back with, with guys because they're assholes? 
I'm sorry, man, but I don't agree with that at all. No, you know? I mean, I, I think that's that's part of why superheroes are superheroes because they're meant to be better than we are, right? They're meant to be smarter and stronger and just better than than except for Spider-Man. Except, well, yeah, because he's the original <laughs> anti-hero. But you know, that that is their whole reason for existing is to show us what we could be. If we weren't just normal walking around humans, and and well, I, I mean, I, it mm-hmm. just gets to me sometimes when it, it seems like there's a need for the writers to take them down. It, it's not okay for them to be better than us. That they have to be shown to be really fallible in in mm-hmm. really bad ways. You know, not fallible in normal human ways, but fallible in the worst sorts of human ways. Well, see, here's here's the problem. Here's here's what they're what these writers are forgetting. We're supposed to learn from the hero's mistakes. Yeah. As an audience, we're supposed to learn. That's why, you know, I learned from Spider-Man. Like I learned never, to, you know, always to watch out for spiders in the science fair. You know, I, <laughs> I learned, you know, I I learned not to be so depressed about things because, you know, hey, life's, you know, if you if you're depressed all the time about things, you're gonna be a fucking loser. You know, I learned. To balance my life out better because Peter Parker could never do that. You know, I learned from Peter's mistakes, and these writers aren't getting it because they just think, "Oh, well, we just show him really fucked up, and people will like that because they think, oh, he's just like me.'" No, you're not getting it. You're supposed to learn from this guy. You're supposed to learn what not to do. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna take a, a hero down. To a human level, you're supposed to learn from the yeah, humans, yeah. from the from the you know. Yeah. I mean, laws. there has to be a reason for doing that, right? It's not you can't just assign random behavior to characters in a story that you are writing and then claim, well, it's just like real life because that it's not real life. It's a story that you are creating and you are making these characters do that thing. <laughs> so I, I just I don't get that as a justification. And personally, that is not the kind of comic I like to read. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't fulfill my need for. You know, the power fantasy or the feel-good fantasy. And I do like reality in comic books, but not in my superhero comic books. Mm-hmm. I, I like reality, but I, I has to, it has to have a point, you know. You can't just give me random reality. You can't just, you know, give me fucked up things happening just because they're fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's just shallow for me. And I need something deeper than that, yeah. you know. And, you know, that's, that's pretty much why I like, you know. I mean, it, it, I, I guess because I mean, Lena, I've always thought of you as a DC fan, you know, and more of a Marvel fan. You're, you're. I, I always thought of you as more that you like DC over Marvel a bit more. Well, than you do. it depends on the characters. I mean, I, I, I love the Legion, but I also used to read a ton of Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. You know, I really, really liked mm-hmm. the early um, Lee and Kirby stuff a lot. Yeah. Especially, you know, the the writing was fun, but um, you know, the Kirby art, yeah. I just fell in love with that. But let, let's let's uh, I want to mention something right now because I know they're going to bring it up with you later on once they hear this podcast because they of course they have to listen to to your podcast and bitch about it because if not they don't have a life. Um, but let's be let's let let's let me let's just make this point. Um, to be fair, Hank and Hank and Wasp didn't have the best relationship in the real Marvel universe either, because I mean there was that that time he did slap her, you know, mm-hmm. uh, while he was you know going crazy. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, let's be honest with you; those comic books, uh, you know, if you read those those old comic mm-hmm. books, there was you know it it, it did seem like every time. <laughs> I love Bendis said this, and it just cracks me up whenever I hate, whenever I think about it because Bendis pretty much said there is a time when you when you're reading those old comic books, you think like you know Hank needs to t- take it down on us because it seems like. <laughs> he's going like 
you're talking too much. Yeah, you know, it's a slap yeah. shirt, you know. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe the, I, I, that's, I think that's what, you know, Mark Millar was going for. But I just think that he's – it just – it came out wrong. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, there's a difference, right? So when, when you read comic books from the, the 60s and, and even into the early 70s, there were acceptable ways that you could treat um, non-white people, right, like, and, and women. So you could do, like, the horrible racist things that you saw in comic books because it was acceptable back then to do that kind of thing. Now it's not acceptable anymore. So if you're going to do it, like you were saying, there has to be a reason for you mm -hmm. creating a storyline or having a character act in a certain way that is not morally acceptable now in, in the real world where everybody else lives. So you better mm -hmm. have a damn good reason for making them do whatever you're making them do, you know. And and I don't I don't like to be totally relativist about things, and I don't want to excuse stories that were written in the '60s that have people behaving really horribly towards women and and all the other non-straight white guy characters. Because no, it wasn't acceptable. But the attitude at the time was that you could say and do those things, and there wouldn't you know people didn't view it as as you know really morally wrong the way you would now. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, there's a slightly different lens, I think, that you have to look at things historically. Not to excuse it, but that it happened. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but uh, also, and, and, and with the Ultimates 2 DVDs, just to wrap up, um, there's also sneak peeks for uh, Doctor Strange and uh, also the Iron Man uh, movies that are coming for DVD. Yeah, and if you thought, that. Yeah, if you thought these Ultimates, uh, ones were anime. You have not seen anything yet. Oh, wow. I'm telling you, they're pretty. They're pretty. They're pretty Japanese animated. That's uh, so interesting. By. I wonder if they're actually hiring anime people to make these, or whether they're just aping their style. Um, yeah, I think they're just aping their style hmm. because I mean, this the 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 Iron Man one is really, really. I mean, he looks like a teenager the way they're drawing him. You know. <laughs> okay, um, that's weird. <laughs> well, you know, you know that anime style where like. He, they're wearing a beard, but yet they still look like they're fucking 17 yeah, years old. Yeah. Essentially, that's what the Iron Man one is looking like wow, a lot. That's you know? weird. Do you happen to know um, if, if those trailers are like on YouTube or something? Cause, um, um, they could they be. Could well, be. You know, hey, anything's on YouTube. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to go have a look for those because I'd actually like to see what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, oh, God, I had a point. I just forgot. <laughs> eh, no, I'm not too mad. Um, but, yeah. Um, so yeah, those, that's pretty much what you have to look forward to in the future, uh, future uh, uh, DVD issues. Okay. And stuff. But I have heard good things about DC. DC supposedly is going to be doing uh, um, animated movies based on storylines of comic books like uh, the Death of Superman and the Jericho. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, one also the Judas Project. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Um, animation so. is just huge right now. I, I think um, the time has finally come for these things to be really well produced and released on DVD. I've actually heard rumors they might do a Kingdom Come one, Lena. Hmm. You know, and and like try to do it in Alex Ross's style. What I hear. That would be really really cool. We, yeah. I wonder. I wonder whether they could pull that off. I don't know. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Well, this has been so much fun talking about all these things, and uh, there there yeah, will be definitely. there will be more. Like I said, I'm really excited about the Legion comic, the cartoon that's going to be on, especially because Will Wheaton is going to be doing the voice of Cosmic Boy, which is really cool. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I, I wish he was more were more of a regular uh, cast member because I just feel so sorry for Will Wheaton. I just hope I just wish he gets his big break again. <laughs> you know. Well, they uh, could. I mean, I I think they're going to have to see how the show goes. 
um, and mm-hmm. how the characters actually work out because um, look at what happened with Teen Titans, right? When they originally started doing that, Beast Boy wasn't the focus of a lot of episodes, but he was such a popular character that they had to bring him out more. And in yeah. the, the second, the the last two seasons, they had a lot more episodes focusing on him just because he had turned into this really wonderful character in such contrast to the other ones. And yeah, I'm a lot, yeah. I mean, there's always there's already been some some movement on the Legion one. I mean, originally it was, it was supposed to be called Superboy and Legion, right? Superhero, and then they couldn't but, do that, so they're calling him yeah. Superman, even though he's like 15 years old or something. It's really yeah, weird. Yeah, to rewrite everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's strange, but that's cool. And it, what bugs me about it is like they rewrite it, right? They, they change everything, then they then they try to like act like it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like when they get interviewed, they go. Oh no no no! We we already we we want to call him Super, Superman from the beginning. Like, so no, you're right. I don't know why they do that either because it's pretty transparent and everybody already knows the truth. So it's 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 lame. It's just very very lame. Yeah yeah. Definitely. But I think it's going to be good. So I encourage people um, watch the Legion when it's on. Oh, and I just saw a commercial on Cartoon Network for a new Fantastic Four cartoon that I had no idea they were making. Yeah yeah, I heard about that too. I haven't seen anything about it though. It's, and I heard they're going to do they're going to do a Plastic Man one also. Oh really? Wow. So yeah. it's a good time for people who like cartoons. And um, definitely that Teen Titans movie is really really cool, really funny, really good. Awesome, awesome. Definitely going to cool. check it out. So, so thank you so much for being on the show. This was just a ton of fun. And, uh, Always a pleasure. Always and, a pleasure. Uh, I think I might be being on your show again pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. We're going we're gonna to do the, the Lena in the Hot Seat episode. Okay. So that would be great. I'm yeah. totally prepared for that. Awesome. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thanks, David. Okay. Okay.